0: Good morning, good morning, and more, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, January 31st, 2014. And today, we are reading from the Big Book. We are starting the chapter, There is a Solution. And we are on page 17, the very first paragraph. And today's readers are... The 12 Steps, Diane, the 12 Traditions, Elizabeth, and then Marita, Sharon R.S., Hoodie, and Kim. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday the 30th, is 5841. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. can recover through abstinence and the practice of the Twelve Steps and the Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Diane to please read the Twelve Steps.
1: Good morning, this is Diane from New Hampshire. Twelve Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overreaders and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I
0: pass. Thank you, Diane. I will now ask Elizabeth to please read the 12 traditions.
2: Good morning. My name is Elizabeth. Uh, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: Thank you, Marita. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the Big Book. And we are starting a new chapter here this morning, Chapter 2, There is a Solution. And we're on the very first paragraph, We of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I will ask Marita to please start reading.
3: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision for you. This is Marita, a compulsive overeater in Virginia, recovered. Chapter 2, There is a Solution. We of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. Oh, wow. So this is a very hopeful paragraph starting off this chapter. Um, First off, there's the title of the chapter that makes no bones about it. They're about to explain to us That there is a solution they're just stating the plain fact and um, in the first in the first edition of uh, of this book um, where it says thousands of men and women it said 100 men and women because back in 1939 that's how many people had um, received this uh, solution and actually been able to solve their drink problem um, in the 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 few years that um, after Ebby spoke with Bill in the kitchen, um, and that was phenomenal then. But then, after when the second edition in 1955 was released, there were thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of people who had gotten this this same solution, taken it to heart, worked it, and also solved their their um, problem—the obsession with drink or. With food and or with whatever that uh the the they were working the 12 steps to uh help alleviate in their lives so um it 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 you know because this has been around for so long and um and we're all used to uh thinking about it that this is this has happened it's happened for so many people it doesn't feel like um a super big deal anymore but it really is. I mean, this is an absolute miracle for every single one of us who have had the obsession lifted. It is an absolute, life-changing miracle. And it's a, simple, it's a simple statement that they're making here, so even that can sort of make it feel like not that big of a deal. But we all know that it is. Every single one of us were as hopeless as Bill, and nearly all, who really work this program have recovered now that's sort of talking about the statistics that we were quoted back in the in the preface where originally in the program you know out of uh, out of four people coming in two of them got recovery right away and of the two remaining one of those got recovery after a little bit a few slips and of the quarter remaining the one guy outstanding If he didn't get recovery, his life changed dramatically because of this program. So um, I don't know that OA can, can, uh, can uphold that kind of statistic, but the people that I know who have worked this program, nearly all have recovered. That's the great news that this chapter is bringing us. Thanks so much for letting me share, and
4: I pass.
0: Thank you, Marita. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. I heard Bella and I heard Lauren. Yeah. Okay, Bella, go ahead.
5: Thank you. My name is Bella and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for leading this meeting and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. I love this paragraph. It's a paragraph. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, with a lot of hope, and to me, it brings me this sentence: "Who were once just as hopeless as Bill." Uh, it reminds me, thank God, to to live one day at a time, and I am choosing to live the present and not to live in the past. And <coughs> sorry, and again to blame everybody and to judge everybody and to say oh I am like this because of my mother, because of my childhood because of my teachers, not anymore it was where once it was the past, now thank God I want to live the present and the present is a gift yes God is trusting me and he, he He continued to trust me and to give me more opportunities i don 't have to carry on uh, my past and my my mistakes that I did and my my wrong things, not anymore. I am choosing to live the present, and my present now is to know that I don't have control, that I am powerless, and I am my new goal in life is to be connected to God, to build my connection to God. This is, my, this is the present, and this is a gift, and I am choosing to, to, to accept my life as a gift from God and to appreciate it and to say thank you for everything that I do have in the present. Thank you for letting me share and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella. Lauren, go ahead.
6: Hi. Lauren S from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, recovered compulsive reader. On the top of my page I um what helped me is that I was told to write this um, and we're in step one right now from the book. Review the 12 steps and how it works on page 59 and consider these two questions from page 58, paragraph two for each step. Is this what I want to do? Am I willing to go to any length, length to do this? And I want to jump on this now before we get it even further because um, I was reading, and I want to, bring up two um, quotes from two of the personal stories. One of them is on page 299, paragraph 3. And this is a good definition of what it means to be willing. In The Housewife Who Drank at Home, one of her friends says, why don't you try Alcoholics Anonymous? And she says to herself, I was willing to try anything. I was licked. For the second time, I was licked. The first time was when I knew I couldn't live without alcohol. But this second time, I found I couldn't live normally without it, and I was licked worse than ever. Relate that to food for you, for me. And secondly, on page 316, this is the attitude that I think is, is, is crucial, crucial to do the work on paragraph 1 the author of my chance to live writes it was my time my chance to live and i took it if there if there had still been joy in my drinking or compulsive overeating or even a remote chance of the joy returning i would not have stopped drinking when i did so my attitude when I came in and especially when I started the, this, uh, the step work in March of 2013 was there's, there's no joy. There's no joy left for the food. The food is not a lover I'm giving away. It's not a relationship. It's not a best friend. I don't miss it. The food is rat poison. It's going to kill me. I don't miss it. It's, go- it's, 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 it's what's going to lead to my death. If I ingest it, and uh, today I am neutral around food. I see my roommate eating it, and, and I am that's okay with me. I'm okay with it. But um, uh, the attitude and the willingness I had from this start was I cannot live without the food, but I can't live with it. There is no joy in binging anymore, no joy at all. And um, I'm willing to go to any length. Any lengths at all, any lengths at all to recover. Okay, thank you. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Lauren. Well, this is Monica. And here we are today, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and here we are starting chapter two. There is a solution. Woohoo! What what hope here? And what uh, definition for the solution is a way of resolving difficulty or an answer to a puzzle? Well, you know what? I was extremely puzzled when I walked into these rooms. I was puzzled because nothing was working. I was desperate. I was miserable. I couldn't do what I wanted to do, and I kept doing what I didn't want to do. That was definitely a puzzle. And they're saying here, there is a solution. We've got a way out. We've got an answer to this puzzle. We can show you the path out of this maze. And the first paragraph, we, okay, again, those are the first 100 recovered alcoholics who helped write this book say, we know thousands of others who were just as hopeless as we were, as you were when you walked in the door. And nearly all have recovered. What do they mean by recovered? They've changed. There's been a change. There's been a change in their personality, a change in their thinking, a change in their attitudes, a change in their behaviors. They have solved the drink problem. And so they're going to tell us in this chapter how we do this. Step by step, they're going to tell us. So hang on, everyone. Here we go. And would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Leah. I heard Leah and Kim. Go ahead, Leah.
7: Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Monica, thanks for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, Obviously, we're embarking on Chapter 2. There is a solution, so the big book is going to uh, shout the good news that there is help, you know, there is hope. You don't have to continue to uh, live the way you're living in the disease of compulsive overeating. It goes on to say nearly all have recovered, and I just wanted to focus on that statement because that's a common question on the line. You know, many of us identify ourselves as recovered, and often attendees at this meeting are or newcomers are are puzzled by that. It's Uh, uncommon language to them, not something that they have uh, experienced, heard in their OA meetings. Um, The big book, you know, consistently uses the word recovered and not recovering. Uh, In fact, the word recovering is only used once, and that's to describe someone who is uh, still working through the steps and is not yet free from the bondage of alcoholism. So the word recovery, recovering, is not utilized in the text except for once. It's the word recovered that is used. And the big book uses the word recovered because that word shows a complete change in one's uh, attitude, in one's outlook, in – it is a – it's representative of a transformation. Nearly all have recovered You know, it's the advertisement to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. I no longer have the illness I used to have. That's why I identify as recovered. I no longer have the illness I used to have. Now of course we all know because we study the text it's a daily reprieve I have a daily reprieve contingent on my spiritual on my spirituality on the maintenance of my spiritual condition on my implementation of steps 10 11 and 12 um, but I have recovered from a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body. And the compulsive overeater, the newcomer to this line who still suffers, deserves no less from me and no less from the others who have recovered to identify ourselves as that there is hope you don't have to be an overeaters anonymous for years and for decades and still uh, be tormented by the disease there there is a way out and I don't say that um, full of pride I'm humbled by the deep understanding and and the realization that I was unable to accomplish this on my own, that I had to surrender completely and admit that I was powerless, and only then could I begin to find the power uh, that has allowed my recovery and has enabled my recovery. You know, they have solved the drink problem, it says. This is about the raising of the dead. You know, I was enslaved by, compulsively over, by compulsive overeating. You know, how could I rise up out of that seemingly hopeless state of mind and body? This isn't a common experience, but it is our common experience that, um, you know, after engaging in this process, specifically steps four through nine, and having had a spiritual awakening and having been restored to sanity and having soundness of mind, I have been relieved of the obsession. I've been freed from the beast. Finally, after almost two decades of uh, you know, mayhem and madness, I walk this planet a free person because the mental obsession has been driven out. I've been restored to sanity. I'm no longer played in that way my mind no, will no longer take me back to that which is killing me, as long as I maintain my spiritual condition, of course. So I just wanted to bring that up. That's why we utilize that, that term, identif- uh, recovered, on this line. We identify as recovered because you deserve no less from me and no less from this program of recovery. And with
0: that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leia. Kim, your turn. Go ahead.
8: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from from South Jersey. There is a solution, you know. You know, I mean, that sounds kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, I know I have a lot of problems, you know, and it's how could I have all these problems and there be a solution? But if I look back at my history, I always had a solution. Maybe now, maybe one day it was a Dorito, and one day it was a Ding Dong. It was always the food. I never remember in my life having a problem and thinking, "Huh, the food's not going to fix this one." So how is it so crazy that it's the solution to every problem I've had up to this point in my life was to go to the food? And maybe there is a solution for that problem. That is the brilliance. That is the brilliance of this chapter. And if you look at the way this chapter is going to be broken down, it's broken down the way I was taught into two sections. 17 to 24, we're going to be taught about the problem. Because if we are not a compulsive overeater, if you are not as seriously alcoholic as I am, you may not have to do these steps. If you are the moderate eater or the heavy eater, which they're going to clearly describe in here, you might be able to go to a conventional diet program and just be learn about nutrition you might be able to come to meetings and to do tools and to just use you know, support, dieting with support, and you might be okay. But if you are the alcoholic of my variety, if you are as seriously alcoholic as I am, you're going to need to find a solution that is beyond human age. You're going to have to have a spiritual awakening. These steps are wonderful. But I am forced to do these steps. I am forced because of the twofold nature of my disease. The allergy of the body, which will never change, which is why I'm not cured. And the obsession of the mind, which will only be relieved with a spiritual solution. So that is what this is talking about. That word recovered, you know, Leia said recovering is only one time. I just looked it up in my iPad on my, my first version. It's, it's 11 times we're going to hear that word recovered. And if we don't have that experience, if we're not having the solution that the uh, obsession has been removed, if we do not have neutrality around the food, if we are cocky or afraid, if we are constantly fighting anything or anyone, we need to look at have we done these steps according to the directions. That's all it means. It's not a judgment. If you want to be free, you have to ask yourself how free do you want to be and line yourself up with these clear-cut directions. I'm just going to read from page 101 where it says, assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things that alcoholics are not supposed to do. You know, I can go anywhere. I don't need to avoid people, places, and things. God has removed my obsession. I can walk around this world a free woman. And on page 101 it says, we meet these conditions every day, and alcoholics who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There is something the matter with his spiritual status. In our belief, any scheme of combating alcoholism which proposes to shield the sick man from temptations is doomed to fail. If the alcoholic tries to shield himself, he may succeed for a time, but he usually winds up with a bigger explosion than ever. So we have to ask ourselves, in that fifth tradition, you know, are we carrying this message? Are we carrying this solution? Or is my meeting or am I carrying the fact that if I do enough tools, if I go to enough meetings, if I find the right sponsor, I don't know how many times I told someone I wanted to eat and they told me to take a bubble bath. A bubble bath! That was supposed to be a solution to my problem of wanting to eat. But we have to understand if we are still having obsessive thoughts, if we are abstinent and we are still crazy, we need to seek this solution. Because I tell you today, I do not suffer from compulsive overeating. I have. I am a compulsive overeater, but I no longer suffer from this illness because I have walked through these steps. I've had a spiritual awakening and I no longer want to eat the food. For years in way, I thought it was, let me learn certain disciplines and I will be strong enough to resist the food. Let me tell you today, the miracle of the 12 steps and the miracle of Overeaters Anonymous is I no longer want to eat my binge food. And with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Let's move on to the next paragraph. And Sharon R. S., would you read that please? Star one to unmute, mute, Sharon.
9: Okay, here I am. This is Sharon and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. We are average Americans. All sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented as well as many political, economic, social and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness and a understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like passengers of a great liner, the moment after rescue from shipwreck, when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade, the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement that binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. So this is Sharon, recovered compulsive overeater. The thing that really stands out for me in this paragraph is the number of times that it refers to us collectively to we, our, us. There's, I count that there are eight times, eight specific times that in this paragraph that it's referred to we or us or uh, some form of, of the collective. And of course, this chapter begins with we. So this is something we do together. This is is something we share in common, and that's been very uh, real to me as I have gotten into uh, this recovery program, because I was in the rooms for ten years. I was in the OA rooms for ten years, and I never. And I read the big book, and I real I saw that here in this big book, it talks about a, a fellowship. It talks about we. And even though I was in the rooms with other compulsive overeaters, I didn't necessarily feel that camaraderie that they talk about here, that, that surely it was their friendship and surely it was diverse. There was all walks represented in the rooms. But in terms of that, that fellowship, and I wondered about that. What, what was going on? Why wasn't it? And I couldn't get recovery. And when I did get recovery, it was when I found a group of people that were all doing recovery together. We were all doing the same thing. What was different? One of the things was we all recognized that we had a disease when i sat in the rooms for 10 years i struggled to really know why i was what was what was going on i couldn't find the solution but what i realize now is i didn't even really recognize the problem i knew it had to do with food i knew that when that i had issues with food and, and surely being in the rooms i found some relief I found some relief and I made some good friends and I found some good food plans, but I never found that recovery I craved. And I, one, of the, one of the problems was that I didn't know what the problem was. I didn't completely, completely identify in and recognize that I had an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. I didn't totally realize that I had a disease that was beyond my control, that it wasn't my fault. I didn't choose it. It was just a disease, and I had to treat it that way. And one bite, one bite would send me back into a spiral. I want to go to page 164 real quick here. And... uh, a vision for you that we read every, uh, we read from every day. And right before we start at our book is meant to be suggestive only, right above that, it talks about fellowship. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. We all crave fellowship. The beauty of this recovery is that it's a fellowship we all have a we share in a common peril but we'll learn that what binds us together is that we are and we'll find out later sharing in a common solution as well but here what what stands out i just want to end with this is that we are all in this together we do this together we share this together and it is the, the togetherness. It is this fellowship that we have together that makes us so powerful, that makes this recovery so powerful. And so we need to come out of isolation, come out of isolation, come into fellowship, recognize that we're all in this together. We all share this, uh, the same disease and we can all recover together. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sharon. And would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Larry, Rose, Eileen. All right. I heard Larry, Rose, and Eileen. Go ahead, Larry.
10: Uh, thanks, Monica. Larry, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, it talks about escape from disaster would no, You know that that no, that would never have held us together. Um, that in, alone. You know, the question occurs to me. That, you know, how can a guy like me that couldn't put the food down day after day after day for my entire life, you know, many years, how is it that I'm able to easily put the food down today? You know, how, how is this so? You know, what's the answer? Is it real puzzlement? What do I have to do? And, um, you know, thank God for this solution. Thank God for Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, in the doctor's opinion and Bill's story, we learned what the problem was we're focusing now intently on what the solution is. And it's interesting because each morning, you know, we get on the line and we hear countless people declare, you know, they make a declaration that it's only by the grace of God, by their higher power that we've not felt the need to pick up our binge foods for, you know, X number of days, weeks, years. And, and it, and I, I suspect, uh, you know, it would be hard to hear that over and over and over again and not begin to believe that indeed there's some power or some force in the universe that's made that possible. You know, I want to be on this ship, you know, and, um, you know, I don't want to jump off this ship like the Titanic because I could do that as well. And, you know, the instant the newcomer sees this, their mind is open to a kind of a curiosity and it leads to identification and investigation and willingness. And they cannot deny what they see in me and others that by picking up this spiritual toolkit that was laid at my feet, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, I've undergone a complete personality change sufficient to stop this disease, stop it dead in its tracks. And amazingly, I've, I've stopped digging, you know, my grave with a spoon and a knife and a fork. As I've heard it said, you know, I love that analogy. You know, my dig today became an archaeological dig of my character defects leading to restitution and a cleansing of my my very soul. I didn't do that for myself. God did that for me. So what is the solution where we're together, we, not I, we, with God's help? You know, is it odd? Is it God? Remember, no human power can relieve me of my alcohol. Not my power through self-will, trying harder. Not even yours through, you know, wishing recovery for me. But at some point in the evolution of of OA, when we quit, I think, working this program in the book, sort of a self-defense, we began to measure success by the number of days you've been abstinent rather than by the quality of that sobriety. So in other words, you know, if my bench are down this morning, but I know in my heart that I'm not well, then what do I really have? Because I'll tell you, I can, I can diet on this ship that we're on. I can diet with the best of you. I can exercise as insanely as anyone on this line. I challenge anyone to a contest to see who can hold their breath as long as me. Bring it on. But sincerely, you know, my life has been changed. I've experienced a total and complete transformation as a result of working these steps. And, you know, when, and, I mean, if you just wrapping up, if you, if you think in the beginning of AA, everyone was expected to work the program and have a spiritual awakening. And if they didn't do that, they were compassionately told, you you might as well leave because we can't help you if you don't do this. So it was, you know, quality of sobriety versus quantity of sobriety. Because hanging around the rooms, you know, or on the lines for 5, 10, 15 years, and subscribing to kind of a cafeteria approach, the salad bar approach, you know, take some, leave the rest. Now, their lives could be a a bit better here and there. But, you know, you never know, you know, how they're going to be when you run into them. One day they're up, the next day they're down. I talk to these people. I love them all. It's kind of a yo-yo experience. You know, and if you've been around 10, 12, 15 years and they've never worked the steps and they say, you know, if you want what we have and are willing to go to any lengths to get it, guess what? I don't want what you have. I love you, but I don't want what you have. I don't want more daily misery in and out of the food. I want to stay on this ship together. I don't want more resentment and fear and anxiety running my life or trying to psychoanalyze rather than have a spiritual awakening. No thanks. Did that, done that, didn't work. No, I wanted to maintain this vital spiritual experience. Yes, indeed, there is a solution. It's a miracle. It's not me. This wholesale miracle has happened. I'm not the miracle. The Miracles Overeaters Anonymous, and I get to participate in it, and and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Larry. Rose, you're next.
4: Thank you, Monica. This is Rose, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, gosh, I I still do have something to say, but it was just said. And how grateful I am to have um, been able to call into the meeting this morning i also wanted to focus on actually the last sentence but that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined the the feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element one element in the powerful cement that binds us and as was just said um, for me too it's god's power and presence um, when I called in to the meeting, there were 222 people on the line, and I haven't been able to call in here for a while with my different um, things going on in life. And and I, I heard Leah talking as I came on, and something just surged through me of gratitude, of um, connecting with everybody on this this morning hearing what was being said and as was just mentioned the quality of the recovery and feeling so grateful that one for the meeting but um and then everyone that followed um to speak where i i heard my people talking i heard people um, talking about there is a solution um, that this is the cement that binds me to everybody on this line. This is what I'm doing myself after having been in the program um, for a long time and receiving a recovery as the result of working these steps and God giving me the power and grace to be passing it on in my own life today. Um, but it's, I'd like to focus just on that power of God in my own life and in what is connecting us. And it isn't the words everybody just said, although I found them very powerful and grateful to have heard what was just said by everybody. But it's that power of, of God coming through in hearing the intensity of having learned what the problem is and what the solution is for recovery. And if I don't do it or whomever um, wants a recovery doesn't do it, I never did get a recovery until... I was brought to my knees and said, oh, my God. And then I was then brought to the steps. So amen to there is a solution. And thank you, God, um, that I could get on the meeting here today and uh, see what I can do about getting back a bit more often. And thanks, Monica, for your service. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Rose. And Eileen, you're up. Thanks, Monica. This
11: is I mean, compulsive the eater from Bedford, Mass. This is a wonderful chapter. Um, It it talks about how you know many people from different denominations, religions, political backgrounds, economic backgrounds, come together. And that uh, the sentence I wanted to focus on here, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness and an understanding, which is indescribably wonderful. Well, coming from a place, or at least I was, I'll speak for myself, uh, of being an incredible isolator for 18 years, I was stuck in the sugar and flour until I realized that I was exposed to this program back in 86, but I didn't get it for a lot of years later. But there was a common solution. I heard it. I heard it when I first walked in these doors in 86. And um, our joy and escape from disaster. And when I heard it, I was like, wow, my eyes like, must have been like bugging out of my head I was like, I can't believe it. These people, these other people do what I do with food. They stuff how they feel down. And there is no solution in it. And I have that in common with people. But I just wasn't willing to surrender the sugar and the flour. That's my story. That's my background. Not everyone's is like that. But it's the powerful cement that you have that common solution. It's the powerful cement that binds us together. Um, And, you know, a lot of times I'll share at a meeting and people will walk up to me afterwards and talk to me. You you don't find that in other places because when you go to meetings, you open up yourself to people and you let them in. And then you get exposed and people want to give you support. That's what I love about this fellowship. You know, you'll find people all over the place who come from different backgrounds, lawyers, doctors, whatever. They come up to you and they talk because you're on your knees when you're into the food, crying for help, surrendering. And then, you know, the whole process of surrendering is just totally a miracle. That's why I love this fellowship. Thanks for letting me share and I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Eileen. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Karen? Janice? Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, I heard Lois. I heard Karen? Janice. I heard Sally. I heard somebody before oh. Lois. Karen. Karen. All right. Karen, Lois, Janice, and Sally. Go ahead, Karen.
12: Hi, I'm Karen, a recovered compulsive overeater in Michigan. You know, um, having um, this book, just one woman with this book, you know, I find on the title page that this is a story of many thousands of men and women who have recovered. You know, right there catches me. And then on um, XI it tells me it's a basic text. So, if I'm one woman with this book and what we read today, you know, that first paragraph we read, that caught me. It's, you know, they're telling me that thousands, not just a couple, thousands of men and women who were once as hopeless as Bill, and nearly all of them have recovered, recovered because they found us, they, they solved the drink problem. You know, that paragraph, if I'm just sitting here with this textbook, reading this book, that caught me. What a brilliant man Bill was to um, be able to put this book together. Because, you know, you got me right there. You're telling me that they recovered and they solved their drink problem? And I'm hopeless. I don't know what to do. And then you go on to tell me that, you're average Americans and you're all sections of the United States, all occupations, all political, economic, and social and religious backgrounds. You can mix all these people together, and they're okay with that? And then you tell me there's a fellowship, and I'm going to find friendliness and understanding, something I've never had before. You know, I'm going to keep reading. I'm going to keep coming back. You know, and then that last part that, you know, they have uh, the the feelings they've shared in common, in a common peril, is just one element in the powerful cement that binds them together. But that would never, ever keep them together. You know, we haven't read it yet, but we're going to find out what keeps them together, what joins them. I just think this is a wonderful textbook, something... um, I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I, it just uh, overwhelms and blows me out of the water that um, Bill, well, I'm sure it wasn't just Bill. He was inspired, put this together. You know, and I hear over and over on this um, meeting that, you know, if, if I just have this textbook alone, I can recover. It It just, it just amazes me. And I'm so grateful for all you people that come on here every morning at 7 a.m. for me. Uh, I don't know uh, what I've done if I hadn't found this group. So uh, I'm just grateful, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Karen. Lois, you're next.
13: Good morning, Monica, and everyone on the line. This is Lois, recovered in Massachusetts. And um, I, too, wanted to comment on that sentence, uh, the feeling of having shared in common peril uh, is just one element in the powerful cement that holds us together. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. Well, isn't that funny? I never knew that in the past you know i i spent uh, many years in the rooms of oa and i ha- i had and i gained the feeling of you know having shared in a common peril and applied some of those um tools that i was taught and i lost weight and i felt wonderful and i thought you know i thought i had it made i thought i had found the solution and and i went on and on for a long time and little by little of course you know Um, I I did not recover. You know, a lot of my old ways came back. I had never changed. Uh, My weight came back, and I began to feel resentful, angry, irritable, hostile, again – and, um, and I didn't know that I didn't know, and I, I didn't know that there was more to this, because, of course, I had never picked up this big book. So, you know, I, I thought I had it made, and what I didn't know was I didn't continue in the next paragraph where we're going to be shown the solution. I knew what my problem was, and I thought I had it solved, and I felt great. And people around me you know felt seemed to feel great too, uh, so I just wanted to mention that that you know if you're new and you 're just coming back and you 're listening to the big book step study f- for the first time or early in your in your life, you know there is more to to learn that you know it wasn 't for me it was just oh good I, I found out a great group they too understood I lost the weight and now i 'm cured and happy. Well, it didn't happen that way for me. I went on to many years still in my disease and with that I'm going to pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Lois. Janice, go ahead. Yes.
14: Thank you, Monica. Just a few minutes here. My name is Janice and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And you know, I you know, Bill is painting such a beautiful picture of a um a, a ship. Now, there's many there's many levels of a ship, you know, the, the ones with more money will, will, you know, spend more money on a balcony, etc. And it says, you know, but we, we, now we are all equal, but on the ship you're not really equal. I mean, you know, you are and you're not. But here is a fellowship, which means there's people here that are in a common peril. Now, what is the common peril for me? Well, I didn't know this when I sat in the rooms, but yet it was great to hear people, you know, with uh, experiencing, um, sharing their experience, strength, and hope. But the common peril that I learned from the book was that I had a phenomenon of craving once I picked up that substance. I never really heard that, you know, like people have shared, you know, get the weight down, get this food plan. The real peril that binds us together, that nothing else matters, is that when we pick up that trigger food or substance, that we, we get a phenomenon of craving which the doctor's opinion tells us that never happens in a normal eater. That's a big thing. That's the problem. Now, if we know the problem, that's one element. Now we're going to find out what the solution is. And you know I didn't find out what the real problem was in in the in the rooms but I do now no and I have for a while so with that I pass thanks
0: Thank you Janice and Sally you're next Thank you good morning um
15: a vision for you it's Sally recovered in South Jersey and um a lot has been said a lot of great comments have been said I I guess I just want to uh, chime in here about this also this last sentence. We've been reading in this page, this beautiful page about the we of this program and that we need each other and that we all are walking away from the same wreckage. In some form or another, all of us can all of us who are recovered and those of us who are on the path to recovery. And if you're on this line, you are on the path of recovery. And we all are looking over our shoulder at what looks like a very bad car wreck. And it's basically a life badly burned, you know. Page one thirty three talks about a body badly burned, but we can look over our shoulder and we can see. Perhaps you can see, as I see my own past, a life badly burned, and the and the dust is just still there from a wreck, the wreckage of my life. And so it's interesting for myself too, as was just said a few moments ago, that. Um, I always thought it was the common peril that pulled us together, that tied us together, that we all sort of came from the same train wreck, you know, and just sort of like looked around with this feeling of, Oh my gosh, I'm still alive. Um, What's going to happen now? But what we're going to see in this next paragraph is that it's actually the common solution that binds us together. And here we've got this word being woven through this page and certainly through our program, the we of it. And, and, uh, just a blessing that we know that it's the common solution it's the uh that binds us together and i don't want to bleed into the next paragraph so i just thank you for the opportunity to share with that i pass
0: thank you sally And this is Monica, and so here we have been given a lot, a lot of hope here in just these first couple of paragraphs on this page. Great news here, great news and great hope. So hang in there, you're going to hear more on the next adventure on Monday morning. So I'd like to thank everybody who shared, and we will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Hoodie, can you read a vision for you, please?
16: of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.
0: Thank you, Hoodie.